My fellow spooky folks, it's the boy Trigger Troy, and this is Man of Horror, my horror pod where I talk all things scary. Today is my throwback thriller mega episode all about Hellraiser. I'm going to be sharing my top five Cinnabites and my top five pinhead kills, and then I'm going to review and rate the film Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Let's get it. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. All right, first up, my top five Cinnabites. And fifth place, Angelique from Hellraiser 4, Bloodlines. My third favorite film in the franchise, Hellraiser 4 dives into the origins of the golden puzzle box itself, also known as the Lament Configuration. Um, From that, it's also, you know, it's just an origin story in regards to that. And and we meet Angelique. She's like a demonic Cinnabite princess from hell that pretty much plays no games when it comes to the plans of hell and anyone who gets in the way of said plans. In fourth place, Camerahead from Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. My number one favorite in the franchise, Hellraiser 3 dives in the origin of Pinhead a bit more and then brings him into the real world in a huge way. In this film, one of the kills creates a Cinnabite. That Cinnabite is the final girl, Joey's cameraman doc um he basically gets his camera jammed into his head and voila camera head (laughs) in third place the chatterer one of the ogs from hellraiser one and two and i believe he actually makes an appearance later in the one of the sequels i think is it hellraiser five or six anyway point is um yeah he is fucking terrifying. Um, if you know, the Chatterer basically has his jaw permanently opened up past his gums, just so kind of like ripped open, and his teeth are constantly chattering and biting. All I'll say is, you definitely don't want the chattering teeth to get you because he will bite the shit out of you. In second place from the 2022 Hellraiser film, The Gasp. All right, so look. I was excited for a new Hellraiser movie, and when I first watched it, I honestly couldn't let go of the original, um, like the original movie, to truly appreciate it. But once I rewatched it, I enjoyed it as a new and separate story. One of the best things were the new Cenobites and the like, pure carnage that was done to their bodies. The Gasp is my favorite. She um, plays. It's kind of like a, a play on the female Cenobite from Hellraiser one and two known as uh, Deep Throat, but basically done up to, like, a million. Her throat has just been cut open, and it's connected to, like, these, like, metal, like, wire things that come from her head. It's it's very hard to explain, but definitely look it up if you want to, if you want to see it and you haven't seen Hellraiser 2022. In first place, the motherfucking OG Cenobite himself, the king of the Cenobites, Pinhead. The face of the franchise. Um, and specifically Doug Bradley's version. He's the best. Honorable mentions to 2022's version. But from the creepy voice, the terrifying laugh, the fucking hundreds of pins jammed into his head, and just the the whole sinister look, like the stare that he has, 
Pinhead is like the image of hell. Like when I was a kid, like, and honestly, I'm not fully convinced that demons don't look like this. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think just seeing him when I was a kid, I remember being frozen in fear, you know, like being totally afraid, but also wanting to know more. But that's just because I'm also very morbid as a kid and morbid now, so whatever. But yes, obviously, Pinhead would be the number one king of the fucking Cenobites. Who else would have been number one, really? Like, really. We'll tear your soul apart. Next up, I'm going to do my top five Pinhead kills. Um, All right, no, you know what? I changed my mind. Originally, I wanted to do that, but I think I'm going to do my updated Hellraiser order instead. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So let's dive in. In fifth place, Hellraiser 2. The sequel in the franchise, this one explores where the lament figuration comes from and like what happens when someone dangerous gets their hands on it. I think this movie brims with like so many villains, which is the point that I enjoy. My only downside to this is that I didn't like the Julia character. And I like I didn't like her in the first one or in this one, so it it's annoying because this one focuses heavily on her. So you know, um, other than that though, you know we're introduced to Leviathan and the Hell Maze, and we learn that Pinhead and the rest of the Cenobites were human. So for the singular story in this one, eh, but for the deeper mythology that they add, completely worth the watch. In fourth place, Hellraiser 2022. As I said before, I was excited for a new Hellraiser film. And then when I first watched this, I couldn't let go of the original. Like, I rewatched a few months ago when I did the review episode, and I really enjoyed it. They played around with, like, several aspects of the original, and I honestly think that they paid off in really good ways. And I think the biggest payoff was making Pinhead a female this time. Like... It made sense for today's, you know, social climate, but it didn't feel like a gimmick. You know, that, that can definitely be something that comes off. In third place, Hellraiser 4, Bloodlines. Y'all know I love me some goddamn mythology and backstory. That's exactly what fucking Hellraiser 4 is. Um, it's the origin story of the puzzle box, the Lament Configuration, and it explores, you know, why it was created, who created it, and its purpose. Um, it's just a fun-ass ride, and it literally spans, like, centuries, like, legit thousands of years. Um, and it introduces, like, several new aspects to the mythology, and it brought us the Cenobite Princess Angelique, so, you know... For that reason alone, definitely worth a watch. But it's extremely vital to the storyline overall, like, of the whole canon of of the Hellraiser universe and franchise and stuff. So if you ever decide to just, like, look into that story or decide to give them all a watch, you have to watch this one. In second place, the first in the franchise, OG Hellraiser. It was our introduction to Pinhead, you know, the box, the Cenobites, and Final Girl Kirsty. From the moment this movie starts, you're pulled into this world of, like, mystery and gore and just, like, darkness, almost, you know? And I think this among... This and, and Candyman, I feel like, um, really show that Clive Barker is a master of horror. And I think it's just... 
it he he's just he's he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. My God. Um, and this one again, it's just a masterpiece in story, visuals, and in pacing. Um, you, you don't get bored with this movie at all. In first place, my favorite, Hellraiser fucking three, Hell on Earth. This one is the best one, hands down. Um, it's all about Pinhead manifesting on Earth and, you know, diving into his origin as a human a bit more. And he just does like he he's fucking nuts in this movie, man. And like I remember the the idea of this one, I think, was just to bring Pinhead into the that mass market of like, you know, iconic horror villains. And I remember he was at like the MTV Movie Awards that year. Like it was just like a bigger scale of of anything. Like of other any other film in the franchise, this is the largest scale. Um <clears throat> And, and and honestly, it has one of the best horror movie massacres in this movie. Anybody that's a horror fan knows, but there's like this scene in this place called the Boiler Room. He literally racks up like 250 kills. That's like not even an exaggeration. And that's just like one part of the movie. So there's way more kills. <laughs> like this movie just, it has everything. And then like the set pieces, um, the Cinnabites, there's like a scene where like Pinhead and the Cinnabites are walking down the LA streets at night. And it just... It looks fucking amazing. So, yeah, that's definitely my number one favorite. And for that reason, that's why today we're going to go ahead and dive into my review and rating of Hellraiser 3. Let's get into it. The box. You opened it. We came. It's just a puzzle box! All right, so Hellraiser motherfucking 3. Um, Let's start with the fucking opening scene. Um, <clears throat> essentially, it's like you know, um, the main character Joey Summerskill, who's like the final girl of the film. She is a reporter, and she's at a hospital, and like basically, this guy gets rushed in, and there's all these chains coming out of his body. And long story short, the chains get connected to some electrical shit, and his body blows up. That shit is wild, like. Wild, wild, wild. Um, the thing with Hellraiser three is the scale of this film, like I mentioned, was so much bigger. Um, you could tell at this point they were bringing that the plan was to just to like bring Hellraiser into like this bigger light because I think with the first two films, you know, they came out in the eighties and they were just kind of like less. They were more relegated to true horror fans, you know. Um. And so, like, like I said, with this one, I remember um, there was this one year at, like, the MTV Movie Awards where, like, there was a pinhead there, like, to um, and one of, like, the sketches or something, you know? It was, like, on this different level. And you could feel it in the movie, you know? Everything was just bigger. Um, the first kill... So, with this one, after the second one... Um, you know, there's like the pillar that comes out of the bloody mattress or whatever. And so basically this one is it's looked at as like this art piece. This shitty guy, um, JP Monroe, he gets it and he his shittiness, I guess, kinda excited the statue and awoke it. <laughs> and it made it want to wake up and the first kill is like this one girl who he's kind of like fucking around with and the statue like rips like grabs chains out on her like like throws the chains out at her and rips her skin off 
and it just absorbs her. And it, it's just done so, like, wild and, like, quick and just, like, it, it was like, okay, yeah, this movie ain't playing. Um, and so the other thing with this one is that it, it gives us more backstory of Pinhead as well. You know, at the end of number two, they discuss how he is, you know, how he used to be human. And so the point of this one is like at the end of the second one, he he accepts his humanity and his evil energy or his his darkness manifests into that pillar. So this pillar is just all the dark darkest parts of him, none of the humanity. And it's very interesting to see um the the multiple ways that it plays out because again it's a bigger scale so one of the ways is like this movie has one of the best if not the largest um horror movie massacre scene like when when he manifests or whatever when the dark side of Pinhead manifests on the statue he literally kills two hundred and fucking fifty people in a club like it is the wildest shit there's such a variety of deaths that take place in this scene like it's honestly like for a horror fan it's kind of a it's a treat um and it just it just honestly i think is one of the biggest horror movie kill counts like i'm trying to think as i'm talking but nevertheless it's just such an epic scene um there's this other scene that's so fucking like epic and just like in scale and and I don't even know infamy, um, but like basically, Pinhead chases the uh, main character to a church, and like he puts his arms out like to imitate Jesus on the cross, and like his hands are both next to or in front of these uh, candles. And he just makes them light up, and the window of the church blows up, and it just it, the image of it is just wild. And in the scene, he says like, "I am the way." It is so like. Oh, uh, like it, I don't know. It's such it's it's done really well. Um, and what I what I'll say too, this movie overall was so fucking nineties. Like rewatching it recently, I was just like, just the the feel of it, the look of it, um, the cinebites that he created, like with the big ass old nineties camera and the the CDs, like the CD players and shit. Like it was just so it was just so ninety um nineties, but definitely worth a watch uh let's see i gave this one three out of five one for watchability again for the mythology of it for the story of it you don't get bored great pacing um there's a few characters who are like eh but it doesn't really matter because the main character you follow her and you know she you can watch her um the second one is for kill count. As I said, there's a scene with 250 kills, and that's just one scene. So that lets you know right there, it's a lot of fucking killing in this movie. Um, and then the last one, for that matter, is gore, because it's Hellraiser. Like, of course there's fucking gore. Definitely, again, worth the watch. It's my favorite in the franchise. I did only do my top five. There are... 12 movies in the Hellraiser canon now? Or, well, not canon, but, like, the whole overall franchise is not all of them are canon, but I'll probably do a part two. I don't know. We'll see. But until then, 
check out Hellraiser 3 and then watch 1, 2, 3, and 4, maybe 5. Those are the only ones that are really worth the watch. All right. So, as always, I appreciate you guys so fucking much for listening to your boy. Don't forget to follow the official Instagram page for the pod, Man of Horror underscore podcast. And until next time, stay spooky, folks. Peace. Eyes, eyes.